0: Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hello to my resilient women. I hope you're doing well today. I just wanted to uh, start by saying that I'm proud of you. (laughs) I'm proud of the women that you are and the way that you are hungry for more of God, the way that you are pursuing his heart. You're looking for more, for more things that he offers you. And I'm just so proud of you ladies. So if you don't hear that from anybody else today, Hear that genuinely from me, that I am proud of you for what you are fighting for in your own life Um, and what, yeah, what you're doing, what you're going after, the way you're all in with Jesus. And so let me just commend you on that. It's incredible. I'm going to just jump right into this episode. This is part 2 of our lifestyle evangelism kind of series or whatever you want to call it. Um it's just the two episodes, but this is the practical side of evangelism. So I'm going to be talking about how to share the gospel and how to weave in your testimony. And um this is kind of the more practical side that people I think really are longing for. I did a poll this week on my Instagram story um, if you don't follow me, it's at resilient for the women. But I did a poll and I would say about maybe a third of people said the reason that they do not share their faith or feel comfortable sharing their faith is because they don't know what to say. And that was very true for me. And so I didn't want to just leave you guys with a pump up speech about how you should be fulfilling the Great Commission, and you should be sharing your faith and leave it at that. I wanted to equip you to do that because I know that changed everything for me when I started to understand what to say and how to have the language and how to introduce this topic. So um, if you haven't listened to the first part of this, uh, go back. It's the episode right before. It's called Lifestyle Evangelism Part One, and give that a listen and then jump into this for the practical side. I'm going to start by sharing about the gospel and how exactly to walk through that. And so um, I want you to understand with everything that I'm sharing, both about the gospel and your testimony, that it's not just about um, repeating this word for word. I am gonna give you the bones and some of the language I use. But honestly, every time I share the gospel or I share my faith, it looks different. <laughs> it looks different depending on who I'm talking to. It depends on what relationship I have with them, uh, where they're at in their journey, what it is that they are waging war over. You know, there's something, some things that hold us back from giving our life to Jesus, and it's different for each person. So It looks different. What I share, even with my testimony, I share different pieces of my story with Jesus to different people, depending on what is applicable to them. So use this as an outline. Don't get hung up on the word for word. Um, Like I said in the last episode, God is going to give you the words that you need to speak. And this is just kind of the bones to give you direction on how to do that and get you started. But don't feel like you have to memorize this. So Jumping right into it, I the way I learned how to share the gospel is a five-point gospel, five points that I include in every time I share. And whether that's conversational, whether that is preaching it in front of a audience, whatever it might be, um, there are five points that I typically stick to that really helped me to make sure I don't miss anything. And so it's not the only way to share the gospel. I've seen four point gospels. I've seen no point gospels, just like conversational. There's different things, but these are the five points that I would include every single time I share my faith. The first point is creation. So I'm going to give you the, what I call the point and then a breakdown of each one as we go. So you can write notes you can go back and look this over later. Um, I will also try to make this available to you on social media if you don't want to write it out. Um, you can uh, I'll try to do that this week sometime is get that out to you. But so the first point, point number one is creation. We were created for relationship with God. God created people um, for relationship with him. There's typically two questions that people go through life asking. and one of those questions is, who am I? And the second one is, what is my purpose? And I find everyone asks those at some point in their lives. And so that may be the question that you are asking. And that may be what you are wondering. And we were created for a relationship with God. He created us in his image. uh, And I'll give a couple verses here too. And um, I'm going to kind of switch over here to sharing as if I'm sharing to someone. So I'm going to share when I say you, I'm going to be talking to someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. So I'll just kind of switch over here. And then that's what I'll be doing as I go forward. But God created you and I for relationship with him. Uh, Genesis 127 talks about that, but he created us uh, to look like him, to be in his image. And because he wanted relationship with people, there was no other motive other than to love us and be loved by us. He loves us. And um, John 17, 3, it talks about how we were created to have eternal life and walk with God forever. And so that was the original intent for us as humans, was to walk in relationship with God. Okay, so point number two is the fall. So again, I'm going to switch over into as if I'm sharing it to someone. So the fall. So God created us for a relationship, but unfortunately man sinned so adam and eve in the garden maybe you've heard this before but adam and eve they sinned and they chose to introduce sin into the world and it broke and separated us broke our relationship with god and separated us from him forever and romans three twenty three it says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of god which means that each and every one of us you and i are both sinners we are both broken people we are far from perfect like i want to ask you are you perfect? No, I'm not perfect either. And there's so many things that I've done in my life that um, separate me from God or that hurt other people or um, cause pain or just brokenness that I wish I could take back. And that is sin. It's our brokenness, our imperfection. It actually separates us from God because he is perfect and he cannot be with us if we are not perfect. And so really the wages of sin is death. Really? Really? We deserve to die for our sin, for the things that we have done wrong. The reality is that we deserve to die for those things. We deserve to die for our sin, and we shouldn't be able to enter into the righteousness in the kingdom of God. And this is why we were separated from Him, is because a perfect God cannot overlook sin. Even in His great love for us, He cannot just pretend it didn't happen. He cannot just overlook it. He knows that there is punishment for sin. Whenever there is sin, someone or something has to die on behalf of that sin because they cannot, God cannot have imperfection in his presence. And so that kind of created a barrier. Does that make sense? It created a barrier. And so that's what I would say for point two. Okay. Now point three, this is God's plan. Okay. So going back as if I'm speaking to someone I'm sharing the gospel with. So I'm going to just refresh so I can go right into the next point. So God, we were separated from God, but he didn't want that. It sounds like so sad and so dark and so hopeless. And God did not want that. He didn't want to just leave us in our sin God created a plan to bring us back into relationship with him so that we would not have to perish. We wouldn't have to be separated from him. We wouldn't have to exist just in our brokenness. He wanted to make a way, and so God sent his own son Jesus for you and for me. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He lived in perfection. He lived perfectly. He did nothing wrong unlike you and I. He Never committed a sin. He never hurt people. He never um, did anything wrong. And he lived this perfect life that we could not live. And then, not only that, but then he died the death that we were supposed to die. He died on our behalf. And you and I, we were supposed to be the ones who died for our sin, who endure that pain, but jesus came and he took our place his own god's only son a piece of god himself jesus who is god he came and took our place and died on the cross and he took all of our sin away and not only did he die and and suffer and and become that sacrifice for our sins 3 days later he broke the power of death and rose from the dead. He brought us back into relationship with him because he Christ defeated that sin and death. He made a way for us to come back into unity and relationship with God so that we don't have to be separated. As he rose from the dead, he defeated death and sin and he made a way. To remove that from our plate so that we can stand before god we can be in his presence we can be seen as perfect because as we accept that righteousness we're actually taking on the righteousness of christ and so that leads us right into point four which is our price or our response the cost that's the title of it so again i'm switching back into what i would say so he made it so that we could have relationship with him again. But there is a price to it. There's a cost. There is something that we have to do to enter into this relationship with God, to choose it because God was not going to force us to have relationship with him. Okay. So I'm going to go into this point. This is point four. So because we Jesus made a way through his death and resurrection, he made a way for us to be reunited into relationship with God. And he's not going to force us. He's not going to say you have to have relationship. God has never been one to give us no choice but to love him. And so because of that, we have to choose. And it costs us something to enter into this relationship with Jesus and stand righteous before God again. And what it means is that we actually have to exchange our brokenness for God's righteousness. And what comes, how we do that is through repentance, which means that we, we turn away, we change our direction, we changed our mind, our lifestyle, and we turn our back on sin, on the brokenness, on the bad choices that we make. We turn away from that and we run to Jesus instead and we give ourselves over to him fully. And it doesn't mean that we become perfect because we cannot, as humans, we cannot be perfect on this earth. So you might stumble and that's okay. But what the choice is, is to lay your life down and exchange it for a life with Jesus, to relinquish your rights to yourself, to relinquish, um, your control and say jesus i trust you and not only that but i'm going to turn away from my sin and my bad choices my things that i know are wrong and i'm going to turn and take up relationship with you and give you everything and a super important piece of this uh, again i'm talking to you now (laughs) listeners a super important piece of this point is to explain that Jesus is not just an add-on. He's not just something that we add into the mix and continue to just live as normal. But yeah, God bless me. And yeah, God's plan. You know, we I trust him. No, this is an actual exchange, an actual giving up of your life and saying, Jesus, you are now my everything. You are the most important thing. Everything else pales in comparison and I surrender myself to you. we have to die to our own life and everything that was ours we have to give it up and exchange it for Jesus's perfect life and as we do that we become perfectly clean and pure and spotless and we we actually get to take on the righteousness of Christ which means that God looks at us as if we never sinned because of what Jesus has done and our choice to take on his righteousness it's an exchange of your life. All right. So that was point four, and this is point five. This is the eternal reality is what it's called. So you have a decision to make right now. I wanna tell you, heaven and hell, they're both very real. And I don't say that to scare you, because the reality is the worst thing about hell, oftentimes we think it's like brimstone and fire and burning. But the reality is the worst thing about hell is it means that we are eternally separated from God, that we have no access to him. And so heaven and hell, they are real. And I don't know about you, but I want to be with Jesus forever. I don't want to be in a place that doesn't have the life that God offers us, that doesn't have relationship with him. But the reality is that there is only one way to heaven, and it's by choosing Jesus. You have to make this exchange that I just talked about. You have to choose. You have to choose to take up the life you want with Jesus or choose to reject him and not walk with him. There's not a fence that you can sit on. It's one or the other, and you have to choose. So those are the five points. But then here's kind of the end of it, because there's more than just these five points. The last thing that you have to do, you have to, have to, have to do, is you have to ask. You actually have to give the person that you're sharing the gospel with a chance to respond to the gospel. You can't just take a passive role and sit back and hope that that was enough. I mean, that you've done three fourths of the work. Now you have to take an active role in giving them Jesus, you know, and you have to let them choose him and not just leave it in their ball court and be like, yeah, I presented the gospel. You need to give them a chance to respond. I don't know how many times I did that. Like I shared my faith, but then I didn't even ask the question, would you like to give your life to Jesus today? Would you like to make this exchange? It's so simple like that. But often as believers, we we want to just leave it in their court. We don't want to ruffle feathers. And then they don't know what to do with the information you have just given them. And so I think personally, it's a disservice to present the gospel and not ask. And they may say, you know, I'm not ready to do that today. Or, oh, I don't know. I just need to think about it. And that's fine. You leave it at that. Okay, totally. I understand. No pressure. I just wanted you to have a chance to respond if you wanted that. Does that make sense? I hope that is clear because that is so, so important. So with the ask, you need to invite them into the gospel. You need to invite them to make this decision. So a couple things that you could ask as you transition into this last part of asking, um, one question you could say, so what about you? If you died tonight, do you think you would go to heaven? And then you can talk that out with them. And a big thing that I think comes up then is like a lot of times people go into the good works. Well, I probably would go to heaven because, you know, I've lived a pretty good life. It's super important for you to then go back into that gospel and explain like, no, it's actually not anything you can do. You have to just choose to take on the righteousness of Christ and exchange your life for him. It's that, it's a choice. It's not actually based on what you have done or not done. It's not a performance-based, it's literally an acceptance and and a a giving over of your life. And so that's just something, if you do ask that question, you got to communicate that because I know a lot of people get into the works-based or being a good person, but that is not what gets people into relationship with Jesus forever. Okay. Um, Another thing you could say is, are you right with God? Have you given everything to Jesus? Have you given your life fully over to him? Have you made this exchange? Have you surrendered everything? And they, they may have an answer for that. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. And you can walk that out with them. Another question would be is there anything that's holding you back today from giving your life to Jesus? Is there anything that keeps you from saying yes? You could also ask that if they're like, "Oh, I'm not quite ready." You could ask, again, feel it out, don't be aggressive and intense, but just, "Okay, well, is there something like specific that holds you back or like is there a fear that comes up when you think of making this exchange?" So those are some great questions to get into. Um but basically the overarching thing is just after you present those five points, asking them, hey, would you like to make this exchange and give your life to Jesus today? Um, Now, if they say yes, and they want to respond to the gospel, and they want to give their life to Jesus, you need to actually lead them through a salvation prayer, not just like, oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, go do that. Because they're going to be like, I don't know how to do that. Maybe they do but that's very rare. So you need to actually, again, take an active role in walking them through this. And this can be another point where I remember I walked through the whole gospel with somebody and then we got to salvation prayer and I was like, oh, I don't really know what to have them pray. So again, this is just the bones. It's three main points that you should include in a, in a salvation prayer. It does not have to be these words at all. So one is they have to admit that they have done wrong. So we have to admit that we are sinful or that we're broken or recognize um, our need for Jesus. Okay. The second part is they have to believe that Jesus actually died to forgive them and he rose again. So they have to say that they have to confess with their mouth that Jesus did die for my sins and he rose again and he's forgiven me so I can enter into this relationship with him. And then the third thing is confessing their sins to Jesus. Confess my sins to Jesus, commit to always follow him. And so those would be the main things. So I can just even run through what that would sound like. Um, so it would be something like this. So dear Jesus, I choose to recognize right now my need for you. I recognize that apart from you, I am broken and sinful and and that i have no hope aside from you jesus and in this moment i choose to believe and recognize that you died for me and i thank you that you paid the price and rose again for my sins and you paid the price so that i could walk out relationship with god and i choose to confess that I in my brokenness need you, and I commit to follow you, and I give my entire life to you. I make this exchange. I commit myself to you, Jesus. Amen. So it's really simple. That was just, again, an example. You don't have to do that word for word, but it should contain some of that stuff that I just mentioned um, as you walk them through it. And you can even give them that language. So just a couple things to finish out this part, um some practical things is um it's important to encourage uh, anyone that you lead to Jesus to be reading their Bible, to pray and to find like a local church or local body of believers where they can be discipled. And maybe that's a connection through you, but maybe it's not. And so it's important to encourage them to get connected so they can continue on in their relationship with Jesus and not just be like, okay, yeah, I, uh, I got saved. Um, if you don't know the person, I would encourage you to get in touch with them, whether you find them on Facebook or get their phone number or whatever. If it is someone, you know, you should already have that info. So it would just be kind of walking that out with them, continuing to walk alongside them and, and connecting them to other believers, not just you. I think that's really important because we can get caught up, uh, just, being their main Christian friend, which is fine, but then it's also important to connect them with other believers so they can have a whole community and not just you. It's going to just help them walk out their faith and walk out their relationship with Jesus. So I talked more about discipleship in the previous episode um, and why it's important and how that looks a little bit. So you can go back if you want to learn more about that piece. But that was just an overview of the gospel. I know those first two points maybe were a little bit more scattered because I was trying to figure out how I would present it like to you guys as listeners. Um but yeah, those are like the main things. I know I early on I mentioned some Bible verses. There's other Bible verses too, but I just I wouldn't use those as you present them. I know I started with that, but I'm just kind of cleaning up my mess here. Um, So yeah, I would just present and I would not use those verses unless it's with someone that maybe knows the Bible a little bit better, but you don't have to reference Bible verses. You can totally reference scripture as you talk. Um, It's not that you can't do that, but it can be a bit confusing to somebody who maybe doesn't know the Bible right off the bat. So I hope that that made sense. Um, if you have questions, please, please don't hesitate to ask. You can email me info at resilient for the or you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but that's the gospel piece. Okay. So here is the testimony because a huge piece of sharing your faith with someone or sharing the gospel is weaving in your testimony. And a testimony is basically your story with Jesus, what he has done in your own life and like why you've given your life to him or different powerful moments that you've had with God sharing that And so it's sharing basically your, your personal transformation or what Jesus has done in your life. And it can be so helpful because it makes it tangible. And then they can see like, oh yeah, if you've had that, I can have it too. I want to encourage you. Your testimony is so powerful. No matter what you've been through or haven't been through, it is going to be used by God to reach people. And some people think that their testimony is not worthwhile. It's not important um, that people aren't going to be impacted by it. It may be too boring. They don't have a history of crap that you maybe have been through that, oh, I can't really use this because it's not like that crazy person who partied and drank and slept around or maybe almost lost their life and then God touched their life. No, it doesn't have to be crazy. Those things can reach different groups of people for sure. But your testimony, your personal story, regardless of what is in it, is going to reach a group of people that somebody else's can't. There are certain things that I can share as someone who grew up in the church. Um, that didn't come out of a crazy lifestyle, that's going to touch someone else that maybe grew up in the church and they're just wanting to know God is real and that he's tangible and you can walk deeply with him. That's going to reach that person. Whereas somebody who came out of a crazier lifestyle, their testimony is going to reach people who are in a crazy lifestyle and they're going to go, Oh, if you can transform, so can I. Don't discount whatever you have walked through because each person needs something different. And I believe God has made us different in his image for that purpose. And your testimony, your transformation story is going to have such an impact on specific people. Someone else in the world has dealt with or is dealing with the same thing that you have. And it is going to be so powerful for you to minister to them. And what happens when you share your testimony is it actually brings freedom or breakthrough for other people Um, because you have had freedom they can have they can enter into that freedom as well if they choose to do that revelation 12 verse 1 says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony not loving their lives unto death and it's so powerful because they overcame by what the blood of jesus which is the gospel and then the word of their testimony which is transformational stories And as you share your personal testimony, you're going to help others overcome it. Literally, I've seen testimonies literally break chains off of lives. And what keeps us kind of ensnared or keeps us uh, tied to our sin is really shame. And so when we can't share what we've walked through, a lot of times that is because of shame and The more open you can be, the more you can share what you're walking through or have walked through with God, the more freedom you're going to have. Because if you can't share it, usually it's connected to maybe it's still an issue in your life or, um, like, or it possibly could be. And so we're afraid to share it. And the enemy keeps us attached to our sin through shame. When really, the more you share freely what God has done, even if it's a little uncomfortable and even if you're not proud of what you've done, if you can share, um, what Jesus has done or how you've been set free or what you've overcome. It's actually going to make you more free. Um, When you share your testimony, you're just, it shows you're not ashamed anymore and it brings freedom to other people. Um, Again, some people think like my testimony is useless because I haven't done anything bad, but something you can do it. Maybe if you are kind of approaching it from that way, like I said before, that's not true, but something, if you're, if you're sitting there going, well, I knew Jesus since I was a kid. So how do I explain that? How do I explain that when I was four years old, I gave my life to Jesus? What you can do is not just share like a transitional moment of receiving the gospel. What you can do is actually sharing when God became real to you in your life. So maybe like for me, I knew God for most of my life, but there was a point when I was in college where he actually became tangible to me. And I feel like that's the moment that I gave him everything. And I entered into like a loving relationship with him, not for my parents, not for what I was expected to do, but because I genuinely fell in love with him. So I share that piece of my story a lot, or sometimes I share different testimonies of, uh, just breakthrough, different points. And I think different parts of your testimony can be used for different people or different groups of people. Like maybe God has healed you miraculously. That testimony can reach people that need healing and they can start to have faith for that. Or maybe you have a financial testimony, something like breakthrough in relationship with your family, different things. Your testimony doesn't have to just be when I gave my life to Jesus. It can be a powerful transformational moment with God uh, or time in your life with God, and it's going to impact people. Um, Another reason why testimonies are huge and so important is because people cannot discount your personal experience. Um, They can maybe say like, oh, I don't believe the Bible. But if you've experienced the power of God, or you have a powerful moment that only can be explained by him, you actually, they can't take that away. They can't say, oh, that's not true. When you've experienced it personally. And I remember one time, we were actually visiting some friends in Saskatchewan and, um, we, they're they're a really awesome family that has been connected in a small town community for a long time and they farm. And one of the guys that they farm for, they've worked for him. Um, he's not a believer. He's very openly not a Christian, but this family is strong believers and he loves this family. They're very close. Um, but it's interesting cause like they've tried at different points or had conversations with him about the Lord, but he's never given his life to Jesus. And when we were visiting, we were kind of helping with harvest. And so I rode with this man in a tractor, this guy who is not saved. And I spent like a couple hours riding in his tractor with him chatting. And, um, it was so crazy because we started talking about faith. And he was asking me why I'm a missionary, why I do what I do. And I asked him kind of why he doesn't believe. And he talked about like, oh, well, I can explain away all these things and it doesn't make sense. And and he's very logical. And so I didn't argue with him. But then I went back into sharing my personal experiences with God. I shared different times where I prayed for people and I saw them like miraculously healed on the spot tangibly. I shared different moments of just breakthrough and peace or different tangible things that I have experienced with God or things that God, ways that God has impacted my life. And it was so interesting because usually he shoots all that stuff down from what I understand from this family has shared. Um, But he was like, wow, huh? Well, I can't really argue with that. If God's done that in your life, I can't really argue with it. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it planted a seed for him. I don't know actually where he's at. I've never seen him again since then. But I do know that even he could not discount my testimony. And maybe it got him thinking. And I believe testimony has the power to do that because they cannot say to you that did not happen or that is not true. They cannot take away what God has done in your life. Okay, so that's kind of the overview of why testimony is super important. And now I just want to break down the points of a testimony. So how you would share your testimony. And there's three main points to a testimony. It's I'm going to list them for you. And then I'm going to kind of break down what they are. And I'm not going to share like my testimony as an example because I think it's that'll be confusing. But I'll just break down exactly what to look for in your own story. So one, it's, so it's before Christ, B.C. Then it's turning point, T.P. And then it's A.D., which is after death. So that's kind of how I think about it as like, a transformation story. That's how I remember it is those abbreviations. So BC, before Christ, what did it look like before Christ? TP, what was the turning point? And then AD, after death, after I died to myself and took up my life with, life with Jesus. Um, so here's what's in these points. So BC, before Christ you start with what your life looked like before you knew Jesus or before God changed you or before he became real to you. So BC, what did your life look like before Jesus? So that you can explain what that looked like before what God did in your life. Okay. Turning point and there's kind of two parts to this turning point. And the first part is what happened in your life to make you change? So how did you come to know Jesus personally? What was it that was this turning point? What happened to initiate this change? And the second part of that is what did that change look like? How did you hear about God? What did you ask him to do in your life? Those are some of the questions that can kind of go as you unpack, what would I share in a testimony? Ask yourself those questions. So that that's the rest of the turning point. What did that change in your life look like? And then this last part, the AD, is what happened, or sorry, what has happened since you met Jesus? What does your life look like now that you have been transformed by God? So describe that change. What is different from the beginning? So maybe you share about You know, before Jesus. Okay, so I guess I am going into it here. Okay, but this is not my story. But it's just a simple example. So maybe you struggled with severe depression or anxiety or like unsatisfaction with life before Christ. You would start to explain what did that look like, and then maybe there was a moment where you entered into a church and you walked into a time of worship because you just felt drawn and you were at the end of yourself, and all of a sudden you were touched by the presence of God and you felt peace for the first time in a long time. So then the last part is just then what what does your life look like now? So then maybe you got free from that fear or anxiety or depression. And because of that, you're able to walk out life in peace because of Jesus. So that's just an example. Uh, Please don't take that the wrong way or think like, oh, as a Christian, you can't struggle with depression or anxiety. I actually, I talk about that in a past episode. So do not, that's not what I meant by that, but that's just, I know a lot of people feel depression and hopelessness before coming to know Jesus. And that's a huge change for them. And maybe the battle isn't over in a moment, but it's a huge shift for them in having hope again. So that's kind of an example. And I just want to like some really important pieces. One huge thing is that every testimony should point back to Jesus. Every single testimony should. Sometimes we can get caught up in like sharing the terrible things we've done or like, yeah, I was sleeping around and yeah, I was so crazy. And Sometimes we get, we like overdo that and we glorify the sin and get so excited about that piece. Like, oh, you can't believe what I looked like before. No, the whole point of a testimony is to glorify Jesus and to give him honor and to show like, oh, this is what God has done. So make sure that every piece of your testimony points to Jesus and it all brings everything back to him. Don't get too caught up in yourself. Um, And then some other practical things um, overall, sorry for both testimony and the gospel. So again, if you have questions about testimony, please reach out to me. Let me know. I would love to answer those for you. Um, info at resilientforthewomen.com or, um, at resilient for the women on Instagram or resilient for the women on Facebook. You can DM me, message me, whatever, if you have further questions, but the last practical points, both for sharing the gospel and testimony, like you mix that in and Oh, sorry. Before I do that, I just want to explain. As you share your testimony, it's super important. Like You can weave in aspects of what God did in your life as you share the gospel because the gospel runs right alongside these things. So you can explain like, yeah, like I, when you're explaining sin entered the world, the fall. Okay. So that's the second point in the gospel. You can share like some of your story of what you did or your brokenness. And then when you share about exchanging your life for, for the righteousness of Christ, you can share a different piece of your testimony. So, what did it look like for me to change and make that exchange and give my life over to Jesus? So you can mix in your own story with the gospel and explaining, um, like kind of what that would look like. And um, so feel free to mix those. I think it's so so important. Um, but yeah, I hope those two pieces bring some clarity, and then. Overall, some things that are important. So conversation starters. um, It's so good to ask questions to initiate that this, like whether that be with a friend that you know, and you want to kind of go this direction, you want to head into like presenting the gospel, maybe not in one sitting, but over time. So kind of introducing this, um, you can start with questions, or maybe it's a coworker or someone you don't know on the street. All of it can be helpful to start with questions. So some questions would be, how are things in your life right now? Are there any hard things that you're walking through? Because honestly, guys, all of us walk through painful experiences and I can't imagine what those would look like aside from Jesus. And so as you talk to somebody about hard things that they're walking through, it can easily lead to, okay, but yeah, you can have Jesus. And so even for me, that's how I I walk through struggles, you know? So how are, are there any hard things that you're walking through? That's a great question, um, to weave into conversation. Another thing is like, what is the best thing that has ever haf- happened to you? And following it up with like, can I share with you the best thing that's ever happened to me? And that can be a great intro into you sharing your testimony. And then after you share your testimony, sharing the gospel. Um, another thing is just asking people like, is there anything that you need prayer for? Because sometimes that will crack open their heart and they will actually be like, yeah, I'm really struggling here. Could you pray for this? And it gives you opportunity to just minister to them, whether that be presenting the gospel or just opening a door for that going forward. So just asking somebody, can I pray for you? Uh, You can do that with someone you know, or even just someone on the street. And then the other thing that I find to be such an open, like a door opening for the gospel is, um, to be a blessing. You could buy someone coffee or a meal or meet a physical need. There are so many people out there who are hurting that actually need their physical needs met, not just spiritual needs. And so meeting a physical need can be such a segue into the gospel. And again, don't just do it as like a means to an end, but introduce yourself to people through like taking care of them, like being the hands and feet of Jesus. A lot of times Jesus would heal someone. He'd be like, he'd heal them. And then he would say, your sins are forgiven. Now get up and walk. You know, like he would physically heal somebody, meet their physical need, and then, and introduce them into relationship with him. Like your sins are forgiven, taking away their actual sins. Um, so those are some practical things that I think can be so important when we have this discussion about what it looks like to present the gospel or share our faith with other people. So I hope that that brought some clarity to you. I hope that that broke some things down for you. I will um, yeah, try to make this as available or break it down in different ways as much as possible if you are wanting to share your faith because I want you to be equipped to do that so that if you get in a situation where you can or even seek out opportunities to share, you know what to say. So again, this lesson, or sorry, not lesson, this episode was super like practical. I guess it was a lesson because it was less conversational, very practical. And so I hope that this gives you what you need and what you are looking for. Again, if you have further questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Again, ladies, I love you. You are amazing. I'm proud of you and continue to pursue with such a passion after Jesus. It's so, so important. And he is so moved by your pursuit of him. Have a good, good day. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life this is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.